Whoever gets COVID first gets the pass. It makes no sense. They're intentionally doing it. So the fire chief, according to ABC News, told his city council that he confirmed that this confirmed the reckless behavior. We thought that was a rumor at first. We did some research. Not only do the doctor's offices confirm it, but the state confirmed also that they had the same information. They did not say what was being done to end these parties or what schools the students attend, but it's Tuscaloosa is the seventh largest city in Alabama and home to the University of Alabama as well as other colleges. So it's unclear if COVID positive students ended up infecting anyone else at the parties they attended. So in a statement to ABC News, uh, Richard Rush, a city spokesman, said the city is currently working with local agencies and organizations to ensure that we do everything in our power to fight this pandemic. Uh, fears that some of the people attending these parties aren't actually aware of the intent, and that would be even worse if you're not aware of the intent and you know that you're putting yourself in danger without fully realizing that you're purposely exposed to those who are infected. And so um, they're trying to break up any parties as much as they can, um, but you're actually dealing with a frame of mind of people who are intentionally doing stuff like that and spreading it intentionally. And how can you truly fight something that people are constantly trying to provoke? So while this does, didn't have any religious um, and you probably are wondering, this doesn't have any religious significance, you know. But it does. I think it does in Luke uh, 4 and 12 where it said, uh, And Jesus answering said unto him, It is said that thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So I think they're trying to like tempt God and, and like take uh, God's mercy and his grace for granted just wanted just to do something that's really stupid and it's always the old saying well if you play stupid games you win stupid prizes so <laughs> right because <laughs> it doesn't make any sense you know they unthankful ungrateful unholy but what about the people that don't believe that it's uh COVID-19 is sent by the Lord or well, that they're tempting the Lord how do you know that you're tempting God because we take for granted those things that he gives us as our gifts. You know, you take your health for granted, you take your life for granted, you take your neighbor's health for granted, you know, or, or the people around you. So the things that you should cherish, the things that should be precious to you, because God made them so that they're precious, you count as nothing. And therefore, you can deceive yourself, meaning that somebody might tell you you're provoking the Lord and you're taking for granted those gifts of life that he's given you and you can ignore that but, but like the Bible said but the Lord always remains faithful he's not going to deny himself you will suffer the consequences whether you acknowledge him or not and it's, it's, it's just sad that people think so little of themselves so little of their health and the love of money that they will actually compromise their life for money you know, actually, what comes to mind is that people, they're young. Those kids, students are young. They don't, they don't, some, once in a blue moon, you'll find somebody who's really, really, um, I, I don't want to 
say intelligent because I don't want to say books. I don't want people to think it's book smart, but you know, uh, they have a certain amount of wisdom about them. Every once in a while, you'll find a student that has this uh, wisdom, but for the most part, kids don't know what they're doing. They it's like fun. It's like something to do, something to keep themselves occupied. Which, which is silly. Lord said, if you're gonna provoke anything, provoke to do good works. You know, if you're gonna do, if you provoke somebody to godly jealousy, you know, provoke a person to do the will of God. You know, it's, it's just, um, I don't know, what comes to mind is that we as saints have to pray for the people. Right. Pray for the young generation. Pray. And you know you're in trouble when people tell you that it's you know time off prayer. You know now it's time for action. <laughs> That's what prayer is action. So I mean with with prayer, you know you, you can move uh, mountains because between your faith, believe your childlike faith, doing the will of God, you can go to the Lord, asking Him, believing, doubting nothing, and receive. And when you find somebody telling you that you know that. They're tired of praying, or that they tell you it's time out for prayers, no, time you know for action. You know then that's a that's a danger uh, point. Right away, the hairs on the back of a person's neck should stand up. Now everybody mm -hmm. who is saved ought to go back and think about who did the pray for me. Mm -hmm. Who prayed for me to get me to the point of getting salvation? Who prayed for me to get me out of my mess? Who prayed for me? And and if that happened to you, that people prayed for you and you got saved, then that should tell you that people need prayer. Right. Intercessors, they need people to pray them out of their stupidity. Right, because that's where your deliverance comes from. It comes from getting in touch with the Lord, coming boldly before him to the throne of grace, that you might obtain mercy, he said, and you might obtain grace in the time of need. And, and they're not going to do that for themselves. They aren't going to do that for themselves. What's going to happen is that, you know, somebody has to pray them, intercede for them. Right. To ask the Lord to change their hearts, to put their heart in the right spot where the Lord can reach them, you know. Right. And, 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 and to bring open, about a change. And when people say, well, that's not working. I said, well, then that means evidently you're not praying in faith. Because now God would not have told us to do something and it not be effective. If he told us that you pray for your leaders, that's exactly what he means. If he says you can ask, doubting nothing, for a person who has a double mind, is unstable in all their ways. So you want to be stable in the Lord. When you go before God, and you want to ask according to his will, so that's that dialogue that you have with the Lord. You ask him what is his will concerning this. But if it be his will, like the Lord said, if it be thy will, then this is what you desire of the Lord. This is your petition before the Lord. So sometimes I look at people, I know they're having children, but I declare I wouldn't want to bring a child under this environment. This is so, uh, such a godless generation. This is just so unbelievable. It is. It's terrible. And then someone sent me this article, and then someone else told me about it, and they think that this is terrible. And I agree. This this article came from the Christian Post reporter, but I guess it, this also was on the news as well. And I didn't catch it. Uh, and a Christian group is are they're urging believers to take action, and they want to stop the release of a demonic film depicting um, Jesus as a lesbian. 
The Christian Film and Television Commission is calling on Christians to sign a petition demanding that the upcoming film is called Habit, which is really an ironic title, be pulled ahead of its release due to its blasphemic depictions of Jesus Christ. Hollywood is set to release yet another outrageous and blasphemous movie featuring Jesus Christ, this time portraying Christ as a woman who engages in a myriad of inappropriate and salacious acts while also serving as the romantic foil for the main female character. Now, can you believe who's starring in that? No, that didn't occur to me. I just figured it was like almost like B-movie status. Paris Jackson. Who's that? The daughter of Michael Jackson. Oh, God. Help us, She portrays a lesbian party girl with a Jesus fetish who gets mixed up in a violent drug deal and finds a possible way out by masquerading as a nun. Can you believe that? And so, um, usually we like our audience to be the judge. We present them with information and we want them to judge whether it's worthwhile for their family to watch. Um, during well, sometimes I think no publicity in a sense, because negative publicity sometimes just drives people to go to see something that they normally might not have even paid to see. But there's no way in the world I spend my money. Or I want the Lord to catch me anywhere near something as blasphemous as that. So I don't know, along with Jackson, uh, The Habit also features actors like Bella Thorne and Gavin Rossdale. I don't know them. But, but I feel like anybody, yeah, anybody who could actually participate in that type of movie, to me, has to have an antichrist spirit. Because it's just, there's some place where you just draw the line. You cannot want to be in a movie that much that you are blaspheming against the Lord himself. That's, that's insanity. So, um, this guy, Ted Bayer, he's the founder of Movie Guide and the Christian Film and Television Commission, which is a nonprofit organization dedicated to redeeming the values of the mass media. Um, said that Bella Thorne has come and presented at our gala and said that she was a Christian. I know. So what do you do with that? She's you, a wonderful you, person. No, you tell her that. And so no. now she's gone off the deep end. Like many of these people oh, you're a Christian. Christian. Yeah, and tell me they're Christians and, in, in and lip service goes to only. church. And, oh, yeah. and so, <laughs> so even Satan believes in tremble. So what does that mean? Your the work writer, is dead. Listen to this. The writer is the daughter of a missionary in Thailand, so it's really weird. Uh, yes. You know, they're, they're making this thing. movie without knowing that it's blasphemy. But they Jesus. don't. But they don't believe. They're actually taking Jesus, who they claim to know as a missionary daughter, and the people who are involved in it are act, act actively blaspheming. And they, uh, I, I guess. I, I, I don't have words for it because they know that it's outside of God's will, but their conscience has seared with a hot iron. You can just find people who just do not reverence the Lord. No. You know, they're concerned that the film is going to confuse and mislead younger generations. The younger generations should be watching it. They're and, already confused. And if they go to see it, they're stupid. So, they're already so, confused when you go to school. But if they, go, but if they actually elect to go to see it, that something's wrong with them to begin with. And I mean, that's just. Nobody's telling them to drink the Kool-Aid, so if they actually take it, they're doing that of their own free will, something's wrong with them. Because there's some things where... What are you referring to, Jim Jones? 
Ricky Nicole, yeah, when you actually you literally do something and and it, it's it's morally corrupt and yet you participate in it anyway, you're doing that on yeah, you're doing that on your own because there should be a standard within yourself. That what we've lost was a, a lot of generations, not just this one, but generations in the past. We've lost integrity. When people actually stood for something morally, we've lo we've lost that because they don't give God the glory. Man cannot stand on his own. They have to acknowledge the Lord. If you truly acknowledge the Lord, you would have some integrity about yourself. It's easy for corporations to watch people lose their jobs, watch people lose their homes, watch people die. You know, they have pharmaceuticals that were told to cure for something because treating the illness is more profitable than bringing about the cure. It, those are people who have no conscience. Yeah, no conscience, whatever. No conscience when it comes to the Lord. They don't acknowledge the Lord. They think they are God. And they stand in God's place thinking that they control life and death. Those type of people. And so we end up having to pray that the Lord undertake for us. So that Ted Bear, who's the uh, a founder of that movie guide in the Christian Film and Television Commission, said that you wouldn't dare tell the story of Muhammad being a lesbian, of Buddha being a lesbian, so this is very strange that people who came from the Christian background are doing something that's going to be so offensive to Christians and so destructive to the young faith of young children whose faith is being destroyed every day. But how can a young children's faith be destroyed unless you drag it into the movies with you? What in the world? No one with, in their right mind should be taking their children to see this garbage. He also says it's demonic for people of faith to write a movie and star in a movie which is actively betraying the God and creator of the universe is something perverse. Right. Something you degrading. Walk in the theater, uh, one way, walk out, possessed. <laughs> That's it. Hair standing on you, your eyes red, foaming at the mouth. I don't, I, all I know is that it's insanity. That it is. So, talk about stupid things in this world. Yeah. And then someone sent me this article about, um, I don't know. I hope we get to all of this. Some of this stuff is good. It, uh, Harlem residents are reacting to abolishing the police. They feel like it would be committing, it would be like suicide. Abolishing the police has become mainstream narrative for many on the political left who believe our nation's officers are simply an extension of a white supremacist country. Well, Amy Horowitz is known for his on-the-street interviews and his latest feature interviews with white and black people alike, asking them the same question, should we abolish the police? And the answers were split by race, though not the way you might think. Horowitz interviewed white people first, and of those he featured in the clip, they universally condemned the police and agreed they should be abolished. I think they're disgusting, one man answered. Um, but you don't abolish them. Police in this country is about, well, I guess this is like, a, you know, Jay Leno, how he walked down the street right. and asked people. Policing in this country is about keeping black people down, it said another. Police arose out of slave-catching patrols. The police are an occupying army. They're monsters, someone else said. When asked if they felt the black com community in Harlem felt the same, they all answered affirmatively and suggested they hate police probably even more. So Horowitz went into the into the Harlem area, and he found out that the exact opposite was true. When he asked, 
When asked if we should abolish the police, the police people from Harlem expressed that it would be an absolutely crazy right, idea. Be, this is why it would be crazy, because the Lord says that you have these laws and the people basically that comes along with it then to enforce them are for the people who are unlawful. So unless you have people who are abiding completely by the law, everybody's being law-abiding, meaning in that sense people will be saved and acknowledging the Lord and have some integrity about themselves. But if you don't have that, then you have to have laws and you have to have law enforcement on the books to handle those types of people. And the people in Harlem said that it would be just, everybody would just be going crazy. It would be worse than what it is. Robberies, looting, raping, murder. It would be havoc, said another woman, another man wearing a Black Lives Matter t-shirt said abolishing the New York PD would be suicide. There's too many criminals out here, right. man. Are you kidding me? I exactly. feel safe, he concluded. That's right. We need control over the city. The police are necessary, another gentleman added. Right. They just don't need to be the military. <laughs> before saying the relationship between the community is pretty good and that and and that not every officer is bad. You got some who are really care about the people and really want to help the people. Right. So. Right. It's, it's just that you have to, this, as, as a nation, and it starts to me grassroots. It starts with the family, then it goes out to the community, then it goes out, you know, it just gets broader as it grows, where we acknowledge the Lord. And these people talk about who say they don't believe in God or they're agnostic and say, well, that's you, but as a whole. You know, because there's always that mixed multitude, even with the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt. But as a whole, as a nation, we're going to serve the Lord. So now this next article that was sent to me is very interesting. It's a, a film, actually a documentary, featuring remarks from conservative evangelical leaders into as many, they want to get this documentary into as many as 1,500 theaters this fall. It is called, they've so far raised over $80,000, and... It's a documentary about what? It's called Trump 2024. Trump 2024. And it, <laughs> and it warns of socialism, end times, and bid to it, 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 socialism. Organizer for the new Resurrection Pictures film mm -hmm. called Trump 2024 have launched a Kickstarter campaign to raise funds to distribute this documentary and has been in the works for over two years. Mm. The film aims to encourage Americans to imagine what the path of the world would be headed down if Trump was not re-elected in November. The documentary features commentary from evangelical leaders such as evangelist Franklin Graham Samuel Rodriguez, Mike Huckabee, Jeff, Robert Jeffries, Tony Perkins, Paula White, Jack Graham, Jack Hibbs, along with conservative voices like Star Parker, Dennis Prager. I don't know more. what it would be like. I, I think it's more accurate to say not so much what it would be like if Trump wasn't reelected, as much as what would be what would happen if the person was placed in, in place of Trump. That would be more accurate. Not, not so much if Trump was on the scene, but if whoever takes his place was on the scene. You know, just like Biden. You know, oh my gosh. So if you have these people who have who are morally corrupt within themselves, because let's say most of politics, and those are just about everybody, 
very corrupt. It's, it's very rare that you find someone who's actually standing up for the Lord. Most of them, from what we see when they exchange in, the, in their lifestyles and when people end up giving reports about them historically or, or their background, most of them fall into the devil category where you believe and tremble, but your works are dead. You know, you don't do the will of God. Yeah. They'll tell you in a minute, oh, I believe God is a real, oh, I believe in Jesus. You know, and then they say, well, that's a Christian. No, just because the person says they believe in the Lord or they believe in Jesus, that does not make them a Christian. So a co-producer is Paul Crouch Jr. And so what they're trying to do is show how the leaders in the Democratic Party are leaning towards socialism and one world government. Which is so crazy. Um, it tries to, the film tries to touch on some of the criticism levels against Trump. Well, I mean, yes, he deserves to be criticized, so Sister Friend is so silly. Yeah. He is so naive when it comes to history that when the counselors tell him something, he doesn't even know to research it. Just like when he stood at the, whatever, I don't know who counseled him. Sometimes I think he has people on his board who are something like counselors. Counselors were to Nixon, you know, they set Nixon up for the okey doke. Yeah, so I believe he has some of those on his staff because he's standing up there showing the Bible just like Hitler did. But because he's so naive when it comes to history, he doesn't read, he doesn't research, mm -hmm. he doesn't even know that's what he was doing. Well, anyway, <laughs> they need like at least two million, two to three million dollars to be raised to get the film into theaters. Ah, they're rich, they put it up for themselves. That's how I look at it. You, you make more than I do, you know. <laughs> anyway, I, that's where we're going to have to leave it because we we're out of time now. Yes, praise the Lord and let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Now, this week's verse of the day comes from Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. Now, ain't God all right? God, God is, all right. is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, gold and silver are not as good as what? And the answer is wisdom and understanding. And that answer can be found in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 16, which reads, How much better is it to get wisdom than gold, and to get understanding rather to be chosen than silver? This week's food for thought is, What were the righteous and the poor sold for in the Bible? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought.